Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Something's missing. Surprise! The birthday gals arrived. And thanks to Paula Dent, her bright smile is anything but a surprise. Holly Dent. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, this is Chicago's number one. Swing and a miss by Thames. One, two, three. Hendricks with a couple of strikeouts. Three and two, the count on the batter, Bodie. The pitch. This one is drilled to deep left field. Looking up is Mellet. This one's gone. Cubs take the lead. A two-run shot by David Bodie to left center field. Cubs two, Brewers nothing here in the set. Here's the 1-0 to the left-handed batter. Line drive, base set to right center. This will give Milwaukee the lead. Two-run score. Two-run single for Gamble. 3-2 Brewers. He was at 90 pitches right there, and uh, he's going to be back on regular rest. They had Yelich, Grandel, and Moustakas coming up, so it worked out well. Felt really good. Just uh, a lot of deep counts, I think. Just being a 0-0 ball game, didn't want to give in too much, but they also they had a good approach against me, just kind of waiting it out and trying to get something in the heart of the plate. So uh, it was really nice having Willie back back there. Uh, we were on the same page, had a good game plan. Just hope, hope for a few quicker outs, a few more quicker outs next time. Into right field and drilled to the Goose Island for Max Kepler. It is four to nothing, Minnesota. On two, he struck him out a high fastball, and Dylan Cease has navigated through five. I think that the biggest concern for me is to make sure that I can get him, that, that he can get himself through that one difficult inning to continue to pitch because he's literally one hitter away from getting yanked, and now he doesn't have three more innings of work because his pitch count gets so high. We're managing multiple things. We're trying to make sure we don't overextend him in terms of pitches thrown in one particular inning because of it, it, you know, it might start to unravel a little bit, and yet still be mindful that he might be able to be more efficient as he continues to go through if he can get through it like he was today in, in his last outing. Awesome weather, right? We predicted the clouds to come out for the whole practice, so that was good. It was good for the guys. But getting back out here with the vets, we had our conditioning this morning and then this 10-10-10 practice today. This is more so of uh, when it's offenses period um, to go, they win the 50-50 ball, defense they win, and et cetera. So just kind of getting all the kinks out and everybody back on track, and uh, it feels really good to, to be out here. We'll have our second install tonight. We loaded them up today at lunch. Uh, second one tonight, and then tomorrow we're, we're rocking and rolling. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago, the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen 
Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the Never name heard before yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, you want to come back? And it was an emphatic, no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny, because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. The duck duck here and the quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. It's a master's course in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Messmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR, 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. morning welcome in steve rosenblum matt spiegel saturday suckers wb club and you're going to need the wb club to get through what theo epstein has done to the cubs the most important stretch of the season so i put last night's loss on theo how about you matt uh yeah it's very difficult to put it anywhere else theo and jed We've known what the problems have been with this team since last offseason. We, we talked about this when... He told us what the problems were. <laughs> Two problems. <laughs> you know, the it, offense is broken, uh-huh. and the bullpen's broken. You know what they need is another couple of hitters, contact types, to really diversify the lineup. I, um, heard, I heard that. Yeah, and then a couple of, you know, a good, a good high-leverage bullpen arm or two. I, I, I think what's happened now in the bullpen is that the destruction of Pedro Strope is just too much. The camel's back could not handle this many straws. Just could not handle it. Because you have been able to count on him in whatever role to at least be very, very good, if not outright excellent. And now that he's broken, you've you've fixed Brandon Kinsler in time to get something out of him, but you're abusing Steve Ciszek again into being a little under himself. You can't even get to Craig Kimbrell but the fact that they have one left-hander at this point and can't bring in a lefty to face Yelich or to face even Gamel yesterday who gets the game winner on a 92-mile-an-hour fastball right out there over the plate, that is absolutely on, on Theo, and it's on the brass. And he would point the thumb and should point the thumb, I think, for not having enabled them to be better suited to be 
good in this moment right here that they've been looking forward to. Derek Holland yeah. would have been wonderful sure. as the loogie against Yelich, if nothing else, if he doesn't go on that inning. If he's not here, then why isn't Tim Collins still here? Somebody who's left-handed besides Kyle Ryan. And the problem with it, that move works maybe the next time they play the Brewers. Maybe, maybe Holland will be in. Is he going to be in town? Is he going to get to Milwaukee by tonight's game? For a guy, for a general manager, team president, baseball operations, whatever his title is, who said, this is it. These games often are determined, the determining factor. And his team is 4-13 and 13 on the road in the division. They're horrible on the, on the road, period. 11 games under 500. And, and they're 4-13 and 13 wow. in the division. And they're facing a team that's chasing it. Right now, they have a one-game one wild card lead on the Brewers. That's where the Cubs are. They started the week. On Sunday morning, they woke up in first place by two and a half games. Mm-hmm. So now they have a one-game lead on the wild card. So if you miss last September's choke, this was a, a one-week fast-forward of that. The bullp- the hitting sucks. Gio Gonzalez. They have trouble against left-handers, and they have trouble against high fastballs. Joe Madden was exasperated in talking about it after the game. Gio's fastball exposed us. He basically it was said 91 miles an hour, but it's uh, it, it's at the eye level. It's high. And it's remember when we when we've discovered that the Dodgers were targeting the Cubs this way because, oh, by the way, this is how you target a big pile of launch angle guys, uh-huh. high fastballs and curveballs in that same tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's still happening and they still have trouble with it. It's incredibly difficult to lay off those pitches, which is why people keep throwing it to them. The ability to learn and adjust is such a hard game. We saw, I I often compared when I saw 2015 Cubs, 2016 Cubs. Yeah. I kept thinking of 09 Blackhawks and 2010 Blackhawks. Sure. Young core next superstars, a, a good, a quick learning curve. And they've stopped after the world series. It was, it was, they don't respond well to pressure. They, they don't meet the expectations. They, they are a team with flaws. Their general manager seems pretty awful in the offseason, but he rallies during the season. Usually he, makes great moves during the well, season. He needed Derek Holland last week to make sure he was there last night when Christian Yelich came up to bat, and he wasn't there. He failed his team. He failed his manager. I think they failed with, with Addison Russell. That's a, a, a disastrous thing because here's what Russell is. He's sick and stupid. Anybody who abuses women is sick. But he's shown beyond any kind of reasonable doubt he should not be on your team. By by being stupid, he can't learn signs. He's a lousy teammate. He also couldn't wait to say, well, if the fans want to boo me, that's on them. Mm. Clueless. No self-awareness. How do you ever become a better person because of that? And the Cubs, Theo Epstein thought it was the right move to stand by this guy. I don't, I don't have a problem with I, – I, I still think that is admirable. 
fr- frankly. I, I think you can look at this in both ways. If we're talking about the Addison thing, mm-hmm. I still think it is absolutely the right thing for a big corporation that actually gives a crap about a societal issue to try and work on somebody and let somebody work on the issue and also be as public and talk about it as openly and as often as Theo did and try to actually further a conversation and try to actually deal with the issue. I still think that is absolutely the right thing to do. I think now you look and you should be incredibly disappointed and angry at Addison Russell for responding to this opportunity given to him by not being mentally present and attentive and concentrating at the highest level after they did not discard you when most other corporations would simply discard you and you reward that by showing up dispassionate, essentially, and inattentive and, oh, just because you lost your starting job because you're not as hallowed a prospect as you were at 21 now that you're 25 and you've proven you don't deserve it. It's a despicable reaction by Addison Russell, and I would be incredibly disappointed and angry if I were Theo after I gave him a chance as a human, let alone a ball player, to, to re-grab your place. It, it's a real, but, but, that, but that doesn't mean that it was the wrong thing to try and not simply discard somebody when zero tolerance just doesn't work for the most part in that situation. And Theo said yesterday they expect Addison Russell to be back. So Theo's judgment, Theo's credibility is on the line here. He pulled off a miracle in Chicago. He left the team helpless in a most important position that, like you said, we've known about since Theo first said mm-hmm. the bullpen didn't have the right guys, the hitting was broken. So he's made decisions throughout this season. He has rallied regularly during the season with trades. The Derek Holland one came too late. What else is going to come too late? We know what they need. Everybody knows what they need. I don't care where you have to put Nick Castellanos, but he hits left-handers. Nobody else on that vaunted team with all the contracts and all the and the World Series jewelry hits left-handers. Maybe Almora, I don't know. Mm. What? Almora is not a regular in my world. He shouldn't be. He's not. But he got a big infield hit yesterday. One of three, whatever it was. Biggest series of the season, the guy's throwing 91 and you get two runs mm-hmm. and you do nothing. And your bullpen needs help. And then and he, Kinsler's whining about the strike zone. Look, everybody had the same strike zone. Shut up. You're allowed to get a ground out. Strike zone did suck. You're allowed to get a ground that, out. That 0-2 pitch, I, I mean, look, he, of course he's allowed to get a ground out. And he could have stayed in as well. I mean, that's why, you know, Joe going to Strope again, when Strope has proven he doesn't deserve it oh. again, is, is, is on him a little bit. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it's, 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 mostly, it's mostly on Theo. The state of this roster is on them. They've done a bad job of self-scouting their kids to decide who should be traded and who should not be traded. And, and that includes Addison. And he time. still can rally. Theo's in-season trades work. You go back to Boston. He foisted Nomar Garcia Parra on the Cubs, and he got exactly what he needed in that deal, mm-hmm. and he made everything work, and the Red Sox pulled off that finally. They, they did their finally thing. They got their miracle. And... And we saw what he did last year with Cole Hamels, who was a huge reason. They had a chance to, to lose those last two games of the year. Mm-hmm. But it was Cole Hamels, that deal, and that's what 
he needs to do now. He's got to find two more relievers. Two more, not just Derek Holland. Derek Holland's a loogie. And you know what? Derek Holland's worthless next year. Rules go into effect where you have a three-batter minimum. He's not a three-batter minimum guy. Well, he's got a $6.5 million option that they're not going to pick up. I'm just saying, this is the year you get him, and last week was the week you should have had him. That was just, I, hell, you were in San Francisco. Just take him with you. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're just going to rant some more. I don't know. No, there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of room for anger. There's a lot of room for disappointment because the problems are exactly what you knew they were and what you thought they were. A lot of people yelling at me on the text line about Addison Russell, saying that I'm no, clueless. I, I, respect, I respect the way you look at it, and I, I have a hard enough, a big enough heart to say that, but I also have such, I think it's so despicable and so cowardly. I hated when Araldus Chapman was here, and the same things happened with a complete, utter lack of self-awareness with Chapman as Russell. They are not in, I don't believe that in any way they are remorseful, either of them, in their heart. And that galls me. And whatever Theo did, because Theo's trying to balance business and whatever conscience he yes, has. Yes, obviously it is also keeping an asset I, along I, the way. I, I'm but, aware of but that, I, I, and I'm I, not happy about I it. Know, I understand, but I, I, know, I know absolutely that there is genuine care there. And I think if you actually listen and hear it, but trust me, I, I know that there's genuine care there for Melissa Reedy, for those kids. And I know that Melissa Reedy is thankful that they did not simply discard him. She has said as much. She has written as much. She no has question. told them as much that she has said, I'm glad they're trying to help him be a better father and a better human because he's going to be around and in their lives, theoretically. I, I understand. You know what my feeling is? My feeling is Theo cares more about, that, more about it. Than Addison Russell does. I think that's very true, and I think and that's, that's really a, sad. And I think we, it feels awful. like we, it's, it feels like we know it now. And that's, and that's, you know, see what a stupid person he is. How how thin, how shallow he is. What a stupid. He got by on talent mm-hmm. and looks, and that's what happened all the way along. When he has to act like a human, he does not have a game plan. Just like when he goes to the plate now. He has no game plan. It's so disappointing. And, and when are you supposed to give up on people? I mean, I struggle with this uh, my whole life. You know, think, when, at what point do you say, you know what, that person can't be changed. That person can't be fixed. In baseball, you're taught to wait and be patient and be patient and be patient and be patient. And sometimes you get burned. And right. they're getting you, burned on multiple levels. You right don't now. know when the neurotransmitters are going to kick in. And, and, but but there's, a, there's the old axiom, you can't fix stupid. Okay. Hmm. Uh, we have, uh, okay, here's the show today. David Schuster's going to be here because things suck, so he deserves to be here. <laughs> Mark Grody will be here at noon. Um, you know what? We come back. We'll take a break. We can, if you want to rant about Cubs stuff, we'll take your phone calls, 312-644-6767. We'll do radiotherapy. If you want to text Spiegel and tell him how soft he is, through six zero six seven zero one. Wait, hold on. Let me give out my personal number. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> M at sign. He's right. On, he's on Twitter. It's um, bite me <laughs> with an, uh, an exclamation point afterwards. <laughs> and all area codes work. But I want to get to Bears. Bears camp is, is started off so wonderful. And, and there are some, some tweets I want to get to about the, what Matt Nagy was doing in camp, what he did today. One o'clock. So Grody will be here at 12. We'll discuss that with him. We may discuss it before. Jordan Bastian of MLB.com will be here. He was at the, the disaster yesterday. And that means he was given a chance to hear from Theo before the game. Only the beat writers got a chance to hear from him. 
So we'll talk to them about that, and, too. And we're the pregame show for uh, the Cow Sills. They'll be here for Love American Style doing their, their hit from the 60s. Do you know what a Cow Sill is? And the cow, yeah, I remember the Cow Sills. The do band, you, the Cow Sills? Yeah. Do you know what a Cow Sill is? No. The last name. Oh, right. There were six of them. Like Richard, Family Robert, band, yeah. Judy, Cow Sill. I had no idea. I had to look it up. What's a cow <laughs> I knew what an Edison Lighthouse was when we were the pregame show for Love uh-huh. Grows, where my rosemary goes, which I heard last week. But I heard Love American Style. And if you missed it, kids, and you probably did, although it should be on, like, MeTV or TV Land or one of those things, it, it, is, um, it was a show of sketches about love gone wrong, love gone right, and some kind of ironic, quirky, funny ending. And every sketch had Stuart Margolin and Judy Karn in it. That's all I know. Everyone I saw, that's all I remember. Anyways, the Castles will be here in Love American Style. And we're going to take a break. Nothing sucks like us. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Loop. 40 years ago today, Highway to Hell released as an album. Sing it, Bond. The group that produced every walk-up song for every closer in baseball (laughs) history. Hey, Metallica would like a word with (laughs) you. Yes, it would. I know. I just love the idea that there was that, that these groups, these Metallica and yeah. ACDC, they were designed the, the for closers. Yeah, it was it's the go-to band mm-hmm. for closers. That was it. So forty years ago today, I learned that from Dan Epstein, our favorite guy writing about the seventies. Right, mm-hmm. big hair, plastic grass is his book. We need to have him on because now there's an audio book and he voiced it. Oh, that's cool. He's voicing his own book. Last week there was. Somebody ran a picture of Bob Gibson facing Dick Allen, and Dan Epstein tweeted it out, badass versus badass. Dick Allen tweeted back at him. Dan, as always, I appreciate you and respect your kindness, but there's only one badass in this scenario. He's wearing number 45 and dominating the National League, and that's Gibby. That's the way it goes. So anyways, um, we have people who want to vent about the Cubs. We'll do that. This is Saturday Suckage, so what better, what better day is there? 
to talk about last night's Cubs disaster. Yeah, but hold Cubs on a second. Exposed as a, as for all the weaknesses that have yet to be repaired, mm-hmm. yet to be fixed, yet to be addressed, or addressed too late. But you, my friend, have have bears joy. And I'm, I am. I asked for phone calls, and I just want to get to them. I, that, that's, that, that's cool. I'm just. I got to say that I find it awkward when you're happy, and well, I'm going back and, to suck it. Yeah, and I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy indulging in your happiness just because it makes me uncomfortable oh. in a in a delightful way. But we'll we have can, time. We get. We'll have time. We'll, we'll get there. And we talked about a lot. We talked about. The Cubs, the fact that the bullpen issues and the lineup issues, which have been there the entire time, are still there with just four days before the deadline. And we talked about uh, what appears to be a really, really embarrassing and disappointing level of attentiveness from Addison Russell as he responds to this opportunity given to him to come back and play in the big leagues. He just he hasn't concentrated enough. If, if, if you it's can so, call that a response at oh, all, it, it's, it's, it's inert. It, it's really inert, and it's unfeeling, which is the way I think he approaches it. You can't learn the signs. That makes you a lousy teammate, and you're unfeeling about – I just happen to – I believe that, that that filters out that has octopus tentacles through the rest of his life, and that includes whatever work he needs to get done personally so he's not any kind of physical – mental or emotional abuser of anybody. That's a beep. I, I don't think so. I, I, th- I, I, think, I think it is. I think, it's I think a, that's a tendency that he's shown, that, that we've been able to conclude. Um, I, think, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's a big leap. But, uh, but I, you know, look, uh, I do believe that people can be attentive in therapy and actually work on their issues, but it takes mindfulness. And so yes. what we're seeing here and what we've seen from him is a distinct lack of mindfulness and attentiveness. So I understand how you're making. I win. mm, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and disagree, but go ahead. Mark in Bolingbrook, you made the mistake of calling the show, and so we're going to put you on the air. Welcome to the score. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you. I appreciate it. But I just want to say that, you know, I've been listening to your show, and I feel like this is a show that I was listening to in April. You know, we still talk about the Edison Russell thing. I know I'm the one that called in and wanted to talk about it, by the way. But I just can't stand <laughs> to see his that makes Saturday play. I can't stand to see his poor play get grouped in with him and the things he did to his wife or the situation at a whole. He's apologized for that. What he does in his personal time to try and rectify that—that's one thing. Now he can still be a bad baseball player, but that doesn't mean it means he's doing terrible at that as well. We don't know what's going on there. The only true cowardice is for us to act like we know, you know, what he's doing on the side. You know what I mean? We, he, we really don't know. And just because he sucks at baseball right now doesn't mean that we need to, you know what I mean, criticize that aspect as well. I understand. It's, it's I, I, I just, my, that's my, fair. I understand what you're saying, Mark, and I think that's, that's directed toward, towards you, Steve. I, I, I will say mm-hmm. that I was prepared to bring it up, and I responded to you bringing it up, but I was prepared to bring it up because – just in terms of employee to employer, if my employer were to react to something that I had done in this way and give me an opportunity, that is 100% on the table to talk about in terms of his rea- you know, my reaction to that as an employee. And I think his reaction to their uh, kindness, trust, and investment in him has been really bad. 
and really disappointing to, to have reacted oh, the sure. way that he has in terms of, you understand what I'm saying there, Mark, just on the pure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just, I, I mean, but, I, um, I, he, should be, he should be grateful and he should be the best teammate imaginable right now. Yeah, uh, the lack of mindfulness thing, you know, I agree with. He's shown a di- distinct lack of mindfulness, but uh, I don't know. We don't know what the mind, the, his mind uh, status is at in his personal life and what's going on there. You know, maybe he's filled with mindfulness there. That's why it's lacking on the baseball field. Who knows? I know that might be a stretch, but, you know, let's just, uh, let's just not bombard the guy about that. I know he screwed up. I'm not saying he's, not, he's innocent. I know he's, he's guilty of something, but... Let's just have him rectify it on the side and then talk about how bad he is as a baseball player. I'm so sick of hearing about Addison Russell's personal life. You know what I mean? I, I hear about it more than my own. Um, okay. Well, I hope your own life is better. Mark, thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Let's go to Rich in Milwaukee. Rich, welcome to the score. Hello? Hi, Rich. Oh, okay. It's We're going to talk to Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Stokey. What's happening? All right. Oh, this- I just want to know how you're so sure that he's not mindful in your heart. And secondly, I forgive me, I'm a criminal attorney 43 years. What are the specifics that you see that he's doing wrong that shows you that he's not being mindful? Isn't it obvious that the guy that was hitting grand slams and great during the World Series, that now he can't find his butt with a flashlight, you know, in both hands? that it's bothering him. I mean, it seems yeah. to me it's affecting him. What's the, why what, what, why what, are you yeah, so sure? Give me some evidence that you're so sure that he's not mindful. Oh, because he's made a, a gigantic amount of mental mistakes on the, on the field, be it not having the signs, making the wrong play defensively, bad base running. He made three and in one game last week. To you? What does that suggest to you? That he's not mindful as a baseball player. <laughs> That he's mindful of the aggravation he's going through and regretful. How do you know? How do you know? You know you're, you're doing the same thing you're accusing us of, of reading his mind and his heart. You can tell. So you're out of order, counselor. <laughs> you no, can tell. No, no. Remand no, this man. It's obvious to the- that a guy that was good has these things on his mind no. and can't separate no. them. You, no, can, see, you, see, can, you can try to make that case, and in a court of public opinion, you're going to be an abject failure. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate the call. Here's, here's the thing. Addison Russell, as a hitter, has been awful since 2017. He spent the entire year of 2017 going up to the plate with no plan. You need a plan as a hitter. I am good at A. I suspect the other team knows I'm good at A. They will try to do B. And then we do a little cat and mouse thing. We react to each other. It's kind of how, yeah, how you go about the game. He has been a horrific hitter in terms of the mental preparation and the mental plan. And that has been widely known among anybody who's covered the Cubs. That predates his public outing. As, 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 as a man who is guilty of what he has been guilty of. So I've got issues with his mindfulness as a player, and I've had them for a long time, and it's incredibly obvious to see. And to think that the mindfulness of a man who can't even learn the basic signs of his team, that that would not, be, that would not show up in other parts of his life, is, I think, being a little naive. I understand why you're on the side. You want to you be able to separate it, and you don't want to drag in the workplace to what is in your heart, but I'm sorry, I can't see that flaw not act, being a part of other parts of his life. Uh, we had talked to Brian Butterfield in the last hour. Butter, on, we call him Butter. Butter on Inside the Clubhouse, Butter. and I asked him if he had ever remembered a 25-year-old player who had a humbling like this 
professionally where you get sent back down again and again because you're not concentrating and because you're not you're not you're not mentally there. Right. And who responded? And he said Eric Hinsky, which is an interesting name because Hinsky ended up being a valued teammate all over the place and a coach here among other places and a beloved coach around baseball, went to a lot of World Series, three in a row, I think, with three different teams, maybe even four in a row with, uh, with, with four different teams. He might be that guy. But um, so the, it, it has happened before that guys will, you know, all of a sudden start paying attention better and care a little bit more and do a little bit better. So I, I, I don't like giving up on people. As, as ball players are giving up on people as people necessarily. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. No, I can understand that, I, and, and I respect that. I'm just saying that you, the, the man whose judgment this ultimately goes to is Theo, and Theo's judgment is now in mm-hmm. being called into question with the lineup, with the roster that he had his manager go into. And in the first game on the road, important stretch, with the left-handed hitting reigning MVP. Who's gotten hot again, you might notice. And speaking of getting hot, Paul Goldschmidt of the first-place Cardinals, home run Monday, home run Tuesday, home run Wednesday, home run Thursday, home run Friday. How was your week, man? Remember last year. Was your week that good? No. And Goldschmidt <laughs> with a three-run homer last night to put him ahead. Remember, was it wasn't last year in Arizona that he started out just awful. Yes. And then from, like, the middle of May on was the greatest player in the history of anything. He reflects the John Lester. He keeps doing this. Too much pressure on a new contract. Come take a breath during the All-Star break, and then you come out and you show studliness, right? Lester did a little bit before the All-Star break, but Paul Goldschmidt is going to be every bit that the headache and the burden Cub fans should have feared. And now the Cardinals are in first place, and he's gotten hot. Uh-oh. Hold on to your butts. All right. And they've found a closer in the absence of uh, their guy Jordan Hicks. Uh, Carlos Martinez has a... Big time arm and the mentality for that role, too. That's not good. Just to clarify for the Cubs, not a good thing. Speaking of not a good thing, David Schuster's going to be here. We'll take a break. He'll come back. He hosted the Cubs post game show last night. I just love this. I can't wait. David was perfect for that because he didn't get extra innings because the Cubs were too lame to come back and score. But he was doing the extra innings show. So we'll talk to David about that. And this morning, he did something, he did an interview that was just terrific. I know the word Schuster, the name Schuster and the word terrific don't often go together, but it was terrific. Rosenblum, Spiegel, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Saturday Suckage. Welcome in. Welcome back. Kind of a theme song for the soundtrack of Suckage because it introduces David Schuster joining us on the Alpamani Ford Hotline. Alpamani Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. You choose David Schuster. He joins us now. David, how are you? 
I'm doing great, and before we get into anything sports, I wanted to let Matt know that I'm actually going to a concert tonight. I'm seeing ELO at the uh, United Center tonight. Ah, good for you. Enjoy. I, I have I have some friends who are going over there to see uh, the great Jeff Lynn. And yeah. At all, I wonder how big the band is because at its at its peak when they played live, it would be a lot. An orchestra. <laughs> yeah. So enjoy it, David. I'm, yeah, I'm really, re- it's it's one of the bands that I didn't get a chance to see when I was growing up, which was last week, by the way. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking forward to seeing them tonight. Should be fun. Okay, David, I want to compliment you on your interview with a bookie, which sounds like a really good book and sounds like a good title. <laughs> so in during Joe O's show today, in case you're late joining us, in case you just woke up and you're you're waking and baking, David substituted an interview with a bookie, and they kind of ch- sound like he changed the voice, or if they didn't. I don't want this guy coming after me for debts because this sounded that was really terrific. It, it was seemed very honest. I mean, I, I you're vouching for the guy by having him on. That was really well done, David. As as unaccustomed as I am to complimenting you, yeah. I mean, this does not go with the theme of the show. What, what you're saying right now. <laughs> And by he he doesn't call himself a bookie, which blew me away. He calls himself a betting engineer, which uh, is uh, you know a newfangled term for being a bookie, I guess. But yeah, there was a lot of interesting stuff. Now I've known him for a while. I didn't really know him honestly in his quote unquote other profession, and I learned a lot by just uh, talking to him about this stuff. So yeah, I thought there was some really good material there. You can you can observe a lot just by looking, as Yogi Berra said. So just by <laughs> listening, and it was great. It's on. I'm sure it's podcast somewhere on the Scores website. It's worth a. It's worth a listen. So you got to. You didn't. There were no extra innings, but you did the Cup post game show anyways. What was the tone? Everybody is everybody fired. Is the season over? They set. <laughs> they set fire to it because we've had. We've had some of that here. Well, we had some callers who called in after the game, of course, last night, and it, it's funny that you know, I've learned this over the years, and even doing when we used to do the White Sox post game shows. People will call when they lose. They won't call when they win, but they certainly want to get things off their chest when they lose. And and honestly, I thought uh, some of the gripes by the fans last night were were correct. I I would not have uh, pulled Kyle Hendricks after five innings, and and certainly after they took the lead, I'm definitely not taking him out. So I wouldn't have had Kyle Schwarber pinch hit after they took the lead because why are you having a home run hitter who you might need later in the game pinch hit? You know, after you've just taken a two nothing lead, and I wouldn't have brought in my only left hander in the bullpen to start the next inning and only use him for two hitters and then you know ultimately a left-handed hitting uh, uh and the brewers are left-handed predominantly hitting um they didn't have anybody to go against them you know in the eighth inning so there were some gripes and i sort of understood them last night yeah theo um and the front office uh straddling joe with only one left-hander means that if you're going to take out kyle hendricks you probably want to wait a little bit longer because you have to use that other lefty early and try to get through. That, not just the one lefty. It's that you really can't trust Pedro Strope, and you have to be beyond desperate, and they were, to go to him. Mm-hmm. So another reason to leave him in. Yeah, there's, there's uh, all, all sorts of issues. Uh, David, what, what was it like in that ballpark, by the way, these days for a Brewers-Cubs game? Was it fitty-fitty? Was it more Cubs than Brewers? Or has Milwaukee reclaimed their stadium? 
Well, I would have loved to have answered that question, and I've been up there a bunch of times, but actually I did the post game last night from inside the studio back here in Chicago, so uh, I can't answer it last night. But in listening to Pat and, uh, Pat and Zach, um, they said there was a lot of Cub fans, as always, and it was very loud. So I've been there for a lot of Cub games over the years. It's it's not my favorite stadium, even though a lot of people do like it. I still feel every time I'm in there, especially when the roof is closed, it feels like an airplane hangar to me. Mm. Um, so it's not my favorite, although I will say it's the best clubhouses I've been in around Major League Baseball, and even the visiting clubhouse is spacious, and, and the home clubhouse is off the charts. So. Hey, nice job of you trying to save my idiocy, but I'm going to go slap myself in the <laughs> face and do some more research before the next question. Steve? <laughs> so enough. where you were before that is the Blackhawks convention, which yeah. used to be a big deal, and now is not. The Hawks used to be a big deal. Now they're not, because winning is everything with some teams and it's interesting in the United Center, I was thinking about this week, that the, the Bulls, just horrific, refusing to change management, refusing to, I mean, just doing things so backwards in some ways. Jerry Ryan, Chairman Reinsdorf used to accuse the Cubs of just selling sunshine and selling an event and not really having any idea how to compete. And now that's exactly what you could accuse him of doing with his basketball team. Is there a question there? I, I, no, I'm not, not sure. I just needed to make a statement. <laughs> what was the mood in the Blackhawks, and, and what, was, what was being said, and they rebounded? What was being said in light of the St. Louis Blues, their arch rival winning the Stanley Cup? Well, first of all, I, I want to say that there, I, the, what I picked up on yesterday in talking to the players, and, and even Scotty Bowman, and of course Jeremy Colleton as well, there's some guarded optimism, you know. We're we're a long ways from the start of a hockey season, of course. When it's 90 degrees, uh, you know, my head is not totally into hockey, but I picked up guarded optimism. But I also picked up the fact that you know, there's a not the changing of the guard because you still have Kane and Taze, and you still have Keith and Seabrook there, and Crawford as well. But you are now seeing more and more an influx of young players, and you're going to continue to see that. I mean, you got Boquist and Doc, who were just recently at the development camp. They both could, underline, make the team this year. you got Strom, who was really good once he came uh, over from last year. Dabrinkat has had two fantastic seasons. He's obviously very young. They're taking a chance with the kid that they just picked up, Nylander, who was a high draft pick. So there's an influx of young players. They also have a couple of goaltenders. And, and let's face it, in hockey, sometimes you only go as far as your goaltenders are, especially in the postseason. But in Crawford, who you know is still going to be your number one goaltender as of right now, and the other guy who they got, uh, Lehner, I mean, you got two solid goaltenders. So there's some guarded optimism. I also talked to Patrick Kane, and I've always wanted to ask him this, but I didn't get a chance until yesterday. You know, he's going to be with new line mates likely yet again. They, they usually don't want to pair him up with Jonathan Taze. And so I don't know who he's going to be paired up with this upcoming season. Now, obviously, Anisimov is gone. Panarin is obviously long gone. Every single year, this guy is paired up with somebody else, and he's productive. And I've always wondered if he would want to be paired up with the same people year after year after year. And he says it really doesn't make a difference to him. He's so confident in his own abilities that he's going to put points up on the board in one fashion or another. It doesn't make a difference. Now, I don't know if that was 100% honest on his part, but that's what he told us yesterday. I saw this other news out of Blackhawks uh, Nation that Marion Hossa may come back to the organization. After two years, um, they'll be able to like re 
uh, re reconnect with him without facing a salary cap penalty of sorts. They traded him already. Yeah, to Arizona, they I, traded his contract. But but uh, but John McDonough says that they want to hire him to uh, to to Do come back and work for the team. Out? You think he's been working out? I don't, there's only one guy who I would trust to ask him that question. <laughs> Me too. That would be myself. David, did you see a movie? No, didn't see a movie, guys. Just a little too busy this past week. I'm going to see, hopefully, before the weekend is over, after ELO. I want to see Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. It's a long, it's a 16-inning movie, though, to be honest with you. Two hours, 45 minutes. Well, but get, I'm gonna get see there it. at 5 in the morning and kick the <laughs> other two old ladies out the way you, you've always <laughs> dreamed of doing, so you have the entire theater. You need Phil Kessel's. You need his film room. Did you see that tweet, on that picture tweet? It made it no. on Twitter. His basement or his room his <clears throat> has one chair in it. It's massive screen, one chair, and one chair. That's it. It's <laughs> Phil Kessel. That's what you need, David. That's your viewing theater. That's what you uh, need. Listen, I, I would be in pig heaven if I had uh, a theater with just one chair and nobody else in it. All right. Thanks, thanks, David. Appreciate it. See you guys. By the way, speaking of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yes, sir. Quentin Tarantino movie. Paul Sullivan referenced Quentin Tarantino as in today's column about a Hollywood ending for Zobrist and the Cubs by coming back. And he called the season Tarantino-esque. And I thought, there's no blood. There's no Nazis that have been shot. That this is really, this is more of an Adam Sandler kind of annoying, ongoing thing. That's what it is. It's not Tarantino. It's Sandler. So, I have uh, NFL stuff, and so does Mark Grody. First, first Bears practice, lines. I think people are still trying to get in, even though practice has been over for two hours. Mm. So we are going to talk to Mark Grody about the uh, Bears changes in the... Uh, and not only do I have Bears tweets that I really like about what Matt Nagy has done at practice, but sometime next hour... I will bring to you the best baseball story I read this week. Oh, I like it. And it's happy. It's feel good. It's, you, want to, you want to embrace it. Not me. You want to embrace the story. This still remains Saturday suckage, I should say. Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 